Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing awesome today. You can check out our website, unpackingit.com. I am joined on the show by one of my favorite guests, Chris Broussard. He uh, used to be at ESPN. Now he's with Fox Sports, and he has been a guest, oh, man, countless times here over the years, and always great catching up with him. And he did not disappoint today as we we got into everything. We talked life. We talked faith. We talked about a, a great men's conference he's a part of uh, coming up, his ministry, King Movement. Uh, they're putting that on. And then uh, I even asked him about the devotional that I wrote about the three-point shot, and he gave some some great answers to, to that uh, from a spiritual standpoint as well as the uh, the basketball standpoint. And, and so stick around toward the end. I'll actually unpack that devotional uh, for us today uh, following Chris's thoughts on it. And, and so uh, it was an awesome interview conversation, and I hope that you uh, will thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to our weekday email devotional uh, that we call Unpack This. And if you want to follow Chris Broussard on Twitter, just go to at Chris underscore Broussard. And you can follow him there. He also uh, has a radio show every night on Fox Sports. It's called The Odd Couple uh, with Rob Parker. And it's a great show. Very, very interesting conversations back and forth. Two different personalities. Uh, I'm a fan. So I'm not always in the car at that time. But but when I catch it, I, I always enjoy it. But before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. That's healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. And right now, here is Chris Broussard. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson, and I am thrilled to welcome back Chris Broussard. He's a Fox Sports analyst on FS1 and co-host of the Odd Couple radio show and podcast. And most importantly, he's the founder of the King Movement. He's doing some awesome work for the kingdom, and the King Summit is coming up on March 19th and 20th. Check out kingmovement.com. We'll talk all about that. We'll, we'll talk some some NBA on the show as well. But, Chris, great to see you. How are you? I'm great, Bryce. It's great to be on, man. It's been a little while, and uh, it's good to be back on unpacking it. A- absolutely, man. Well, the reality is I think we talked probably a year ago right before the, the pandemic. And, and so let, let's start there. Uh, well, we'll talk some basketball in a little bit. But, but for you personally – you know, what has this year been like and what ways has even your, your faith been challenged or strengthened during everything that's been going on? Yeah, in some practical ways, it's actually been terrific for me because uh, usually with, since I went to Fox from ESPN in 2016, I've spent a lot of time in Los Angeles. Now, I live in New Jersey, uh, but I've had to be in Los Angeles a lot for, for work with Fox. And since the pandemic, uh, I've been home in Jersey the whole time, literally just about a year. I think it was March 14th when I flew from flew home to Jersey from L.A. thinking that I'd be home for two, three weeks, which was looking like, oh, that's going to be great. I get a little, you know, two, three weeks at home. Usually I'm home for 10 days during the NBA season. I'd be home for 10 days and then back to L.A. But uh, it obviously turned into 
a full year so far. And um, who knows when I'll have to go back to L.A. They Fox Sports has been very gracious and just tremendous. They put a TV studio and a radio studio in my house. Wow. I'm able to do everything from home. Uh, literally walk upstairs and and voila, I'm on the air. Uh, but it's been great in that regard for me. Um, my family's well. My daughter's two daughters. They they just turned 23 yesterday, but they graduated from college. 23, yeah. Uh, they graduated from college last May, and you know they were a bit down initially because obviously. They didn't have a graduation ceremony at the at the college and things like that. But they and, and my wife and I soon realized that we re- it really was a blessing because they, you know, they got their three and a half years of, of a real full college experience. And uh, I really feel for the students that are in college right now because yeah. you're obviously not getting that full experience. And so uh, and I actually don't think they should be paying the full tuition either, you know, if you're taking classes online, but that's a whole other story. But yeah, so my daughters graduate, they both got good jobs. So that's a blessing. They're out of the house. So my wife and I are empty nesters and, uh, but they're close enough. One lives in Brooklyn, one lives in Connecticut. They're close enough where we see them every few weeks. So it's really, it's really awesome. Uh, As far as my faith, you know, before sports really picked up, uh, when the pandemic just started and you had what three or four months of no sports, I was really able to just, you know, and I think a lot of people felt this way. You could kind of just get away from the rat race a little bit, you know, yep. and I know it was a challenge economically for a lot of people. And obviously with the sickness and, and people were experiencing death, my father-in-law did die from COVID. Uh. Um, so we, you know, it, it's been tough in that regard, but it's it's a it allowed especially before sports started up again, you know people were taking walks. I, I I never saw this many people out in my neighborhood, you know, than I did wow. during the pandemic. People I did not even know living on my block, and everybody was out walking, getting wow. fresh air, and eat, and obviously spending time in the Word, a um, little more time with the Lord, and so it was really good to grow spiritually in that regard, which I think is necessary. Obviously, we always want to grow spiritually, but we're facing a really uh, challenging time in our country and um, maybe a sea change in a lot of ways. And so you really, as a believer, you really want to be uh, strapped, if you will, and and really uh, understand things spiritually. And uh, so you don't waver in your faith. Amen. Absolutely, man. So, Take me into because I so I continued to go to a studio uh, that's close by my my house. But but what's that been like? Kind of being in your house, doing a show, being on TV. You it sounded like it's a positive thing to you. But but you're used to going to Colin Cowherd's studio and speak for yourself and all that kind of thing. And then being in the studio with with Rob, I, I would assume that was kind of the, right. the norm. And now you guys aren't in the same room. So, you know, our listeners are, are they're into podcasts and media and all that kind of thing. Take us into what, what that's been like for you. Well, the, the reason it's been most beneficial for me is, again, just to be home uh, with my wife for the full year. Um, like I said, obviously, I, I was always home during the off season. Uh, and then during the season, I'm back and forth and she'd come out to L.A. sometimes. So that's when the really huge benefit um, my radio studio already was in my house oh, because was, yeah. again, when I would come back to Jersey for the off season or during the season, I would still do the radio show. It's a daily radio show. So I already had the radio studio in my house, but, um, the TV. So I was initially the first few months I was doing television, Cowherd show and undisputed with Skip and Shannon. First things first, all of that was Skype or Zoom or or Face FaceTime. I mean even even FaceTime we were doing it at times on on the on my laptop or on my phone. And uh and then Fox told me they were gonna, you know, give me a camera. Mm. All right. So I'm thinking, okay, a little camera maybe the size of my laptop or maybe even something I can put on my my computer. And uh they show up one day 
And man, they got all this equipment. There's a full <laughs> rack that's like 400 pounds. It's lighting. It's it was every. I was like, hold on. I was like, first of all, I, I can't even fit this into my office. We do have one of my daughter's bedrooms was is very big, and so I said, look, what I'm gonna have to do because I wanted everything in the same room. I wanted one big studio with TV and radio, and I said, let me uh, give me a week or two to you know clear out her room, get this room redone, new carpeting, painted. And all that. And uh, and I did that and then moved the studio into switch rooms. Basically, I made my office my daughter's room and the studio became her room. And uh, it's a 75 inch TV monitor behind me. So what what it allows is that when you see me on television, they're able to put whatever type of like if I'm on first things first, they put the first things first. Background behind me, undisputed, same thing, the herd, same thing. So it really looks very professional. Um, it's interesting because, you know, we're all watching different shows and you see people, everybody's doing it remotely. And so you see people have different backgrounds. And, you know, I find myself, I'm watching someone talk about sports, but I'm looking at the books, oh, yeah. seeing what they're reading what their family portraits look like, you know, and it can be distracting, you know? And, um, and so this is great because it almost looks like I'm on set with everybody else. And so, uh, so it's been a blessing, but yeah, that's, and it's nice, man. It's uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the typical, typical broadcaster where when you see me, you know, I've got the the jacket and tie and shirt (laughs) on up top. And then I have my shorts on on the bottom. <laughs> I love it. So it's uh, it's it's been good in that regard. That's awesome. And probably most people haven't realized that you've even been home because it looks like you you've been in a studio. Uh, unlike Tony Kornheiser, who on PTI, we know every night he's uh, up in his attic. So I've, I've kept wondering, why don't they give him a better background or something? But he's he's stuck with his uh, attic background. But, right, but anyway. right. So as far as kind of this, this this last year where, you know, you've kept things going, TV, radio and all that sort of thing. And and everybody's been going through different you know emotional challenges and everybody has responded, you know, somewhat differently to what's been going on. Uh, with the virus and politically and socially and all that kind of thing. And for you as a, a very outspoken believer, have you had opportunities to you know, encourage people that, that, that you work with and, and just seen this as an opportunity to really be a, a, a light in the midst of, of so much turmoil for, for most of us, all of us, really? Yeah, um, I, I have. There have been a couple people here and there from my, you know, career path or my job in in the job uh, or in the workplace, I should say, who I've been able to share a little bit with. Um, Some are already believers that we've talked about various things and some just, you know, they've had family issues, you know, um, and I've been able to pray with them and things like that. Um, No, I don't recall any full fledged, just, you know, this situation created an opportunity to really just share the gospel with somebody and and they got saved or something like that. But, um, you know, and just, I think in that regard, and and even, um, you know, with some friends outside of work, I've seen, like, I've been able to share my faith more with people because again, people are going through such a challenge and they're looking for answers and they're looking for uh, stability and security and comfort. And so in that regard, I've been able to share with some people, pray with some people and seeing people grow in their faith. Uh, so that's ve- been very good. Um, but it has it not so much in the workplace. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm not really dealing with anybody one-on-one. I haven't seen Rob yeah. Parker in a year, probably a year to the day. Cause our last, I left well, almost a year today. I left, LA on March 14th, 2020. So I guess that was a Saturday. So I saw him on the 13th, I believe we did our radio show together. And today is what the 12th. So yeah, yeah, I haven't seen him in a year and we've done the show remotely. Uh, but obviously been, been in touch with him, talking with him. 
And uh, but yeah, mostly I've seen Colin Cowherd, Skip Bayless, any of these guys. Uh, I have seen my man Nick Wright from First oh, Things yeah. First, and uh, he and I and our wives were able to do dinner, and I, I spent a little time with Nick. But yeah, I haven't I haven't really spent a ton of time with people uh, from the from the job in person. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's part of the the trickiness of, of all this too, and it's somewhat disconnected from people. You try to try to remain connected the the, the best we can. Um, right. And so uh, let's talk though about the the King movement and and from what I I get the emails and, and keep up and, and see what's what's been going on and, and guys are still meet meeting and maybe virtually and and virtual prayer calls and, and a lot of great stuff going on and you've got the summit coming up uh, which explain to our listeners in person and virtually is that is that right yeah well no it's strictly virtual all virtual strictly all virtual. virtual yeah. Which, which so is no which excuse is, for anybody right. not to be able to make it. <laughs> That's right. So, so kingmovement.com is the website. It's coming up March 19th and 20th, the King Summit. And and so uh, the the list of speakers is incredible. And, and some of the guys that jumped out to me that have been guests on Unpacking It, uh, Ben Watson, Brian Dawkins, Tony Dungy, Derwin Gray, Sean Alexander, uh, a bunch of other guys as well. What, what is your your hope, your expectation uh, your heart behind, especially this year's King Summit. Yeah, um, thank you for bringing it up. And uh, it's March 19th and 20th, as you said. Uh, people can register on kingsummit.org. Okay, Kingsummit.org. But as you know this, Bryce, one of the benefits of, of this situation is that you're able to get maybe better guests and more guests than it, because everything's virtual than you would be if everything was in person. Because, you know, you don't have to fly them across the country and put up and put them up in a hotel and honorariums have gotten lower because things are virtual rather than in person. So it's it's very uh, it's, it's much easier to get get some great guests that you probably wouldn't get in person. And so we have an incredible lineup. Uh, it's a lot of the people you mentioned. Uh, also, Lionel Hollins, coach with the Los Angeles Lakers, yeah. won a championship as a Portland Trailblazer in 1977. Um, Alan Houston, former NBA All-Star. Uh, Clark Kellogg, who everybody knows and loves, is the great college broad- NBA, uh, basketball broadcaster and former NBA player. Yeah, we, we've got pastors, um, some great pastors who, who will speak. We've got uh, rappers, step team. Uh, comedian, so it's going to be not only enlightenment but entertainment as well. <laughs> I like it. And I like uh, it. we got biblical scholars too. And so the theme of the summit is it's kingdom time, mm-hmm. and we came up with that name because, again, this is a time when our country is in flux and is very divided, and we are emphasizing that we as believers. We have to have a kingdom of God mentality. Jesus, of course, told us, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And uh, so that's what we're trying to do. So we are addressing uh, issues not from a left wing or right wing perspective, but from Mm. a kingdom perspective. And so we address family, everything from the individual micro level to the uh, corporate macro level we're addressing. So. We will have, and we do it in three formats. We have speakers, keynote speakers, uh, who will deliver a message. And then we have interviews. And then we have discuss, uh, an, a discussion. discussion. Yeah. And, and it won't even be a panel. It'll be one-on-one, but more of oh, a cool. discussion cool. where both sides are contributing versus an interview where you're kind of just asking questions. And we did that because just to mix it up. You know, so it's not just speaker after speaker after speaker, but we, we're going to address kingdom family. And so we, we talk about everything from a kingdom standpoint. So how to be how to be a godly man, a godly husband and father. Mm. Uh, we talk about kingdom finances. So a man and his money uh, handling your finances, being responsible with those from a biblical perspective. We talk about kingdom sex. You know, honoring God with your body, being responsible uh, as a man of God in that regard. Uh, kingdom diversity, uh, how how we can unify. One of the reasons I believe the church in America is being pushed to the periphery 
Hmm. is that we're divided. Uh, Jesus himself said a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Hmm. And so uh, the church, if let's just be honest, the American church, if you will, and I'm even just talking about the Bible believing church. I'm not even talking about liberal churches that really don't adhere to the scripture. I'm talking about Bible-based churches are just as divided among uh, uh, over race, mm. uh, if not more divided than the world is. <laughs> yeah. And so we talk about that uh, and we address that. I do an interview on that with uh, Dr. A.R. Bernard, who's a oh. pastor of the largest church in New York City, Christian Cultural Center. We're actually doing it in conjunction with his men's ministry, the International Christian Brotherhood. And so we address race from a biblical kingdom perspective as well. We even address this current push for racial justice and equality from a kingdom perspective too. So it's uh, so much, we talk about discipleship, how to grow into biblical manhood. And uh, so it's going to be tremendous. And, and to be honest, obviously we're Christians. Everything is kingdom and Christ-centered. But even if you're not a Christian, if you're just a man who wants to learn how to become a better family man, a better leader of your family, uh, how to handle your money, uh, you will benefit from this conference. Uh, I'm really excited. It's going to be spectacular. That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad you're doing it. Kingsummit.org. Uh, is where you can register, uh, and then you can also go to kingmovement.com to find out more about the the, the ministry, and, and there are different chapters around the country, and I'm here in Charlotte. There's a chapter in Charlotte, and had the opportunity to speak at that, uh, I don't know, a year or two ago, so uh, very, very cool, and I'm, I'm bummed we weren't able to do the summit here in Charlotte last year, but hopefully we'll uh, we'll get you guys back yeah. at some point. So that, we that was- We definitely uh, try to be back there. We're, we're doing it in Brooklyn next year, hopefully in person, but maybe the year after that, we'll go back to Charlotte and, and get that done. I was really looking forward to it. We we're going to do it at Pastor Derwin Gray's church, Transformation Church. And he actually, I interviewed him for the summit on Kingdom Family. And cool. man, I mean, you you may know this, Bryce, but his his testimony and where God has brought him from uh, to be this great, obviously, leader and, and family man and, and speaker and preacher it's real. It, his interview was one of the best ones we did. It, it was very impactful. Uh, that's awesome. He he was our keynote speaker for Man Up Charlotte last summer, and so uh, and a great guest on on unpacking it as well. So that that's cool. He's a part of the the, the King Summit, and uh, you can again check out kingsummit.org to register. All right, man. We got to talk a little basketball, and and so now that you're a radio host, you you cover all sports, and I hear you talking NFL and all that. But but I always love getting getting some insight on uh, on the NBA because I know that's your uh, Deep down, that's got to be your your true passion, right? Right, um, right. That, that that's what I'm known for. Twenty six years of covering it, <laughs> man. Well, I guess part of it. I'll ask you that. How different are you covering it now? Now that you are, you know, you're on air three hours a day talking, you know, all the big stories in sports. What what's changed for you? Well, it really, this has been the case since I went to Fox Sports in 2016. I'm no longer an NBA reporter. You know, um, people obviously still think of me that way, NBA insider, all that. But really, I'm an NBA analyst, so I'm I'm analyzing the game and I'm I'm an opinionist or a commentator. So I'm really Mm -hmm. just giving my opinion. I mean, I don't have my own show. Obviously, I'm a guest on the shows. But Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, Max Kellerman, Shannon Sharp, they're giving their opinion on all of these various topics. And that's what I do now. So if I don't know. I'm trying to think of who's a big name free agent this summer, but let's just hypothetically say that James Harden were were a free agent. I would no longer have to chase the news to try to break the story of where he's going. Uh, When it happens, I just react to it and give my opinion and analysis of it. So that's really been the biggest change. Uh, I still talk to people around the league so that I have an informed opinion, but um that's that's really nice. I tell you, it, it, I usually uh, equate it in newspaper terms. It's like going from being a beat writer at a newspaper to being a columnist at a newspaper where you just give your opinion as a columnist. But you've earned that that right and that credibility from your years of reporting. And so that's really where I am. I just do it on television and radio now. 
Ah, we love it. I'm, I'm glad you're still uh, still in the mix for sure. And so we're, we're the, the second half of the NBA season up and up and going this week following the All Star game. So who are a couple teams that you feel like will will have a better second half of the season? Maybe on the rise, and maybe some teams that that played well early that you see maybe fading as the second half of the season gets going. Well, as far as teams that are that are on the come up, if you will, uh, Dallas is hot. You know, Luka, Luka Doncic was actually my preseason pick for the uh, MVP. Really? I thought that wow. Dallas would have a great season, win a lot of games, and his numbers are going to be spectacular every year, and they are again this year. But they weren't winning initially at a good clip, and they were out of the playoff race initially. And now they've they've really been playing good basketball lately. He's leading the way. They're back, you know, in the eighth seed, I believe, at this moment. And um, they look like they're going to have a really strong second half. I don't consider them a contender, but they look like a team that will make the playoffs and, you know, may, may possibly, depending on the matchup, could win a round. Um, as far as the team out west that I expect to come back a little to the pack is Utah. Now, Utah mm-hmm. had a tremendous first half. Even as they were winning, I think they won like 21 of 22 games or something like that. We're hot. Even as that was taking place, I never considered them a true threat to win the Western Conference or the entire NBA. I think they're good. I think they're very good. I think they'll make the playoffs. Uh, Obviously, I think they'll be a top four seed. But I expect them to, you know, slow down a little bit in the second half, not win as many games as they did in the first half, and maybe even get caught for that number one seed. Um, So those are some teams. I tell you, look, I'm I'm excited about the new star you guys have in Charlotte, uh, Lamelo yeah. Ball. And uh, man, he really is a player. And uh, obviously, in the draft, everybody understood his talent. But the question was, uh, would it? How long would it take him to realize that potential, or would he even realize it? Because there, a lot of people felt he was immature and hadn't really faced big time competition. Uh, even overseas, he was playing in a lot of games that were almost exhibitions. And he's obviously stepped into the NBA and, and really taken off. I remember I was um, – and this this isn't a name drop. It's just part of the business. <laughs> but I, I, was, I was communicating with Michael Jordan, and I, I texted him before the draft. I said, I heard you love LaMelo Ball. And he said, uh, I don't know about love, but he said, I like you, you know. <laughs> And uh, I think now he loves him, you know. I would say so. LaMelo Ball, finally you guys may have that star. And uh, that's what it's about in the NBA. You have to have that transcendent type player. And hopefully LaMelo becomes that. Because, look, Charlotte's had some, you know, I remember back in the day with Larry Johnson. and That's my guy, my favorite. Yeah, they had some really good players. Alonzo Mourning, obviously. And obviously it never have gotten over the hump. Glenn Rice, Kendall Gill. I mean, had some really good players. Obviously Kimball was good recently. But maybe LaMelo can bring them uh, at least back to being a, a, a very good playoff team in the East, if not more. Definitely. And uh, all my buddies who are Hornets fans, we grew up and went through the tough Bobcats years and all that. A lot of excitement and buzz, of course. We like to use the, the word buzz here in Charlotte, too. But people are fired up for this team. And so it's it's been fun. The Hornets are right in the mix. And uh, one of my buddies texted, you know, the Hornets are really one of the more exciting teams to watch this year. Uh, right. Kind of night in, night out, especially with Ball. And he's a rookie and he's fresh and new. And um, and kind of the new look Hornets, too, with Hayward in the mix. So. Yeah, it's fun. It's been fun watching the the Hornets for sure. Um, all right, so the trade deadline coming up, uh, gosh, in a week or two. A- any of the rumblings most interesting to you? Who would you even like to see moved, or, or what kind of needs to happen uh, with the deadline approaching? Well, I think the best two teams in the league are the Brooklyn Nets and the L.A. Lakers, and I think that I expect them to meet in the finals, assuming that Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis will be healthy and return soon. Um, so I, and I think the Lakers, they need to add some shooting. Now, look, I'm not going to say they don't have enough as they are. Uh, last year they had their moments, you know, they were, uh, three and five in the bubble. And I remember they couldn't defend the three or hit the three. It seemed like when they first got in there and obviously it, it came together for them in the playoffs. So 
they can get it done when you have two of the top five or six players in the league and LeBron and Anthony Davis. But I think one of their weaknesses is their shooting, their three-point shooting. They're 25th in the NBA in three-point shooting. And so they've got to find some guys for that. So maybe, you know, can they go out and get a J.J. Redick? Uh, obviously, New Orleans is a team that they've dealt with in the past as far as trades. Uh, can they go out and get a Wayne Ellington from Detroit? Detroit is, you know, it's in rebuild mode. Yeah, so – and he's a, he's a good three-point shooter. Not a huge name, but a guy that could help them if he can hit his shots. Because Wes Matthews and Dennis Schroeder, and Schroeder in particular has played really well for them. But one thing they haven't done is hit three-pointers at the rate you would expect. You know, Wesley Matthews, a 38% career three-point shooter, shooting 33% this year. Uh, Dennis Schroeder shot, I believe, 38% last year. This year he's at 31%. So that three-ball is very important in today's game. So they've got to get that. There's a lot of talk about them adding some size. And, yes, they they lost the rim protection of Dwight Howard and ja- JaVale McGee, but they still have the best defense in the league. And it's actually been the best even without Anthony Davis, who's their top defender, obviously. And so uh, they could use uh, size, but I think shooting uh, is something they, they need to add maybe even more. But, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge is on the buyout market. P.J. Tucker, uh, Andre Drummond. And those guys are going places where they, they can win championships or, or play a huge role in helping a team win a championship. So Lakers are going to be on their short list. And if they add one of those guys, that's going to be a big help. And consequently, if Brooklyn can add one of those guys, maybe a P.J. Tucker, who obviously was a teammate of James Harden's in Houston, um, so those are three guys that I think could make an impact. You know, the Clippers could use a point guard Ooh, and, yeah. uh, and certainly they could use some size too. So maybe they'll, they'll be in the mix for one of those guys as well. But at the end of games, they've really struggled because Kawhi, they put the ball in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's hands and as good as they are, and they even can make plays here and there for guys but they aren't LeBron James or James Harden at the end of a game, putting it in their hands and letting them make the best play. Luka Doncic even. Uh, so they could use a point guard who can get guys the ball in the right spots at the end of games. Cause their clutch play has been very poor. And as we know, in the playoffs, it's going to come down. A lot of games are going to come down to the final minutes. Yeah. I don't trust the Clippers. I, I don't think they have enough. They, they need to, to, to make a couple of additions. Yeah. I, I believed in them last year. I thought they'd win it. And obviously they, they fell woefully short. And I'm I'm not there. Uh, Kawhi, it's interesting. He's obviously a great player, future Hall of Famer. But he is now playing with the burden of expectations. That's right. And that's different. When he won his first championship in San Antonio, he was a role player. He averaged 12 points a game that year. They had the big three of Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker. And he, he won the finals MVP, but he was emerging as a top player. At that point, there was nothing expected of him. He was It was gravy, whatever he gave him. And then he goes to Toronto. Nobody expects him to win. They understand it's uh, a one-year rental for the most part. I mean, there was a chance he'd resign, but there was obviously a great possibility. It was a one-year rental. Nobody thought Toronto would win the championship, Golden State got hurt. And uh, so no expectations there. It was was all, you know, house money. And now when he went to the Clippers, there was talk that he's the best player in the world. There was talk that he's in commercials, that he's going to take over L.A., that LeBron's no longer the best player in his own building even. And that's expectations and pressure. And we saw Kawhi struggle with that in the playoffs against Dallas, those last three games they lost. And uh, he's obviously having a great all-pro year, but he's been bad in the clutch. And so there are levels to this, as we always say. And uh, LeBron James, it makes you appreciate more what he's done because he's put up with these these expectations and the pressure of his entire career, essentially. And they other won. guys they have won. been able to come in under the radar, a Giannis, a Kawhi, Steph, um, Curry. A Steph Curry, so many guys, uh, all of them compared to him. And they've been able to play their way into superstardom. And then you get you start getting expected to win. And that's tough. 
And so I always say, like, there are times you see guys maybe in a contract year, and you know they're really talented, but they haven't lived up to their ability. And then their contract's up, and they have to become a free agent, and they ball out. They have a great season. And you're thinking, wow, okay, he's finally reached his potential. Gets a big contract, goes somewhere where they expect him to be the man, and he fizzles. I mean, he's not he's still decent, but he's not that consistent all-star player. Because Bryce, a lot of guys do not want the pressure of having to deliver 22 points and 10 rebounds or eight assists a night. Nope. They don't want it. They can do they they've got the talent to do it. And they can do it here and there. Nobody's expecting anything. And you say, wow, this dude had a great game. Wow, he's having a great month, great season. But they don't want that expectation where nightly, now the burden of the franchise is on you to carry it. And if you don't, you're going to be criticized. A lot of guys don't want that. And so we're seeing, we're finding that out about Kawhi. Does he want that? Can he handle it? Can he play his best basketball under those circumstances. It's a good take and a, a strong observation. And, and it again, it speaks to LeBron and, and what he's able to do, especially now, second half of the season, continues to, to have to carry the weight with AD out, and uh, he embraces it. He's not going to be resting, apparently. He's, go, he's going out every night to, yeah. to not only play, but to carry the team and, and put up MVP caliber numbers. And hopefully he wins the MVP this year because he's, uh, he's, he's, he's playing like it, and I think he'll need to probably play at that level to – to keep the Lakers up there for sure. Um, all right, last thing, we're probably running a, a little late, um, but uh, appreciate your time, Chris. Lo- love having you on the show. Um, so this morning I wrote my, my devotional that I, that I write throughout the week. Uh, I talked about the, the three-pointer in the NBA and kind of this conversation that's now coming out. Are we seeing too many threes? Is it becoming you know, overdone and, and we're just seeing too much? And so I related it to the, the the concept of moderation in life. And, you know, oftentimes if we work too much or even sleep too much or eating, drinking, all those things. And, and so uh, I guess for, for you, you could go either direction on that. But is the NBA, uh, how big is the concern that the three-pointer has taken over the way that it has, that we're seeing so many threes Night in, night out. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the, the point on moderation is fantastic. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, that's the key to life, you know. And, and, and if you look at a lot of people's lives who've had, you know, real problems and falling apart, uh, a lot of it's because they don't have a balance. And they, they yeah. don't do – rather than doing one thing or the other in moderation, they do it to the nth degree and it ruins their life. You know, the Bible says that – to the pure, all things are pure, you mm. know, so everything can be good. And uh, we can look at any number of things and see how that can be a good thing or if done in the wrong context, it can be a negative thing. And so right. that's a great point. Um, I, I'd love to see that devotional. So I'll try to check it out. Um, yeah. But as far as the three point line, look, here's the first thing. The NBA is always looking to improve its product. Always. I remember during the 90s, I mean, heck, you had Michael Jordan and the game was at its height and there was complaining and there was concern among the game's caretakers that the game is too slow. How do we get more scoring in it? We got 70 to 69 games. I covered the Cleveland Cavaliers. That was my first beat Uh, under Mike Fratello. He was the head coach. And they played an incredibly slow brand of basketball. There were no lie. They had games. I mean, routinely, they would have games in the 70s, sometimes in the 60s. A whole game. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. And so there was a lot of concern. So that's why the zone defense was put in, because the feeling was that teams would want to beat the zone down the floor so you didn't have to go against the zone. And so that would increase fast break basketball. Um, that's why they remember at one point they moved the three point line in, uh, like a foot or whatever it was, uh, for a couple, a year or two. Uh, and then they, uh, they took out the hand checking and which still doesn't exist. And so they've always been looking to make the game better, even as it's had a lot of success. Um, and now it's just people watching it, you know, um, is the game becoming too one-sided to the point where 
you could just look at the box score and whichever team hit the most three pointers won. Yeah. Yeah. That's one reason you're seeing so many more blowouts now. Because if a team is hot and the team is cold from three, so game can get out of hand. Yep. And so um it's it's somewhat of a it's something that really the league is just watching, just yeah. gauging. Because I feel, and I don't know what that threshold is, but I do feel like there is a threshold where if you take so a certain number of three pointers, the game becomes maybe bastardized to a degree. Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, I don't think they've gotten to that point, but there's concern where you don't want the game to become all three pointers and all layups or dunks. And that's what a lot of teams philosophy is. You'll see yeah. teams, you know, a guy in the mid range, 15 feet open, wide open, dribbles in and then he'll dribble out or he'll yeah. look past it out, you know, because teams are told the mid range jump shot is frowned upon now. Because it's the highest, you know, it's essentially, especially if you get out to the 19-foot range and beyond, it's essentially just as difficult to hit as a three-pointer. You know, very close. And yet you get uh, another, you know, you get, what, 50% more uh, scoring for if you step out a few feet back. So you're taking a shot that's close to the same difficulty, and but yet if you step a few feet back, you get another point for it. So the math supports the three-pointer. You know, if you, you we grew up with basketball, if you shot 50% from the field, that was viewed as outstanding, right? That's Absolutely. great. And the equivalent of that is 33% from three. And the average now in the league is 36%. So players oh, no. shoot 36% from three now. So why should I take 10 two-point shots unless it's a layup or a dunk when I could take 10 three-point shots? And if I hit, you know, half or 40% of them, I've got far more points than if I hit 40% from two or or even 50% from two. So that's the thing. So I believe, Bryce, that all sports, not just basketball, because analytics has changed all the sports to a degree. Definitely. I believe all sports are better with balance. So in the NFL, I don't want to see three yards in a cloud of dust, and I don't want to see the arena league. I want a balance of passing and and running the ball. Uh, In baseball, I don't want to see all home runs and strikeouts, which is what we're getting to now. Uh, I want to see some manufactured runs, some base hits, some double plays, some stolen bases. And I actually would love to see some complete games, too. You know, yeah, yeah, but, mix that um, in there. <clears throat> right. And so yeah. you I want to balance. And with basketball, I don't want all threes and layups. I want that, but I also want fast breaking. I want mid-range jump shots. I want uh post play. My suggestion is that you look at eliminating the corner three. And it wouldn't be just the corner three. The corner three is the shortest three, it's the easiest three to make. And if, and, but not just the corner three. Basically, you would take those, eliminate those lines up into the arc. So the arc, the three point arc, you know, from the top of the key goes around the, the court, basically to the foul line extended, maybe a little lower than the foul line extended. So eliminate that, that side and, and corner three. And uh-huh. that way, you would, you would not be able to plant four or five guys around the three-point line like you see now. Yeah. So you would that would necessitate some post play again and obviously some mid-range play. Mm. And yet you still would have the three-point shooting. And so I think that is something they may look at. There are other ideas they could consider. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily want to see the line move back. Uh, I like it, you know, at this distance. I just think you have to maybe experiment with a few of these other things. And, and finally, Bryce, here's the irony of it, though. Everybody looks at Golden State, that, that dynasty they just had with Steph and, and then Kevin Durant. And when you look at that team, they're viewed as a great shooting team, which, of course, they were. But they also were mid-range shooters as well. Steph's Clay. the greatest shooter ever. And yep. Clay is a great shooter. 
But and they shoot the three incredibly well. But they also shoot mid-range jumpers. And more than them, Kevin Durant is a mid-range assassin. Now, he's a great three-point shooter, too. But he makes his living in the mid-range. And they won championships. He's one of the greatest players we've ever seen. Kawhi Leonard, a mid-range assassin, right? And he's one of the top players in the world. They're one of the top teams in the league. So people should not be so quick to – move away from the mid-range jump shot. Mm. But uh, if they do to aid them along, I would I think the league may want to look at that, uh, some some different things they can do to try to bring more balance to the game. I love it. No, very thought-provoking. That's, uh, yeah, that's an, an interesting thought of, of what, yeah, what is the best way for them to maybe temporarily make some changes, but then, yeah, what would that look like You could experiment in the G League yeah. and, True. you know, and see how it goes and then, you know, move it to the NBA. Yeah, I just missed, you know, Carl Malone. He used to be a great shooter, and we just we don't even see big men or power forwards hitting the mid-range shot. P.J. Brown for the Hornets used to always hit that kind of elbow shot. Absolutely, and you know what else? And I brought up Kawhi and Kevin Durant. Um, the guy who I think right now is the front runner for MVP, and he, he would be my front runner right now, Joel Embiid. True. He, is, he has become a deadly mid-range shooter. I mean, that's where he's living, in the mid-range. And uh, he, he he mixes in some post-play and some threes. But he's another example of a guy thriving in the mid-range. So, again, people should not be so quick to, to throw it away. That's right. Absolutely. Well, man, it's awesome catching up with you. And, and we're excited for the King Summit, kingsummit.org. I uh, encourage everybody to sign up for the virtual conference. It's on March 19th and 20th. Uh, some awesome guests, Ben Watson, Brian Dawkins, Tony Dungy, Derwin Gray, Sean Alexander, Clark Kellogg, uh, and of course, Chris. So, uh, Chris, thanks for being a part of Unpacking It today. And, uh, man, we'll, we'll catch up again and uh, appreciate all the, the awesome work you're doing sports-wise, but, but more importantly, faith-wise as well. Thanks, Bryce, man. It's always a pleasure, always fun to be on your show, man. I look forward to the next time, and I'll see you uh, at the summit. There we go. That sounds great. Absolutely. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in the Unpacking It studio. What an awesome conversation with Chris Broussard. And always love his thoughts on the NBA. Uh, but he's he's a great general uh, opinionist and commentator on TV and radio as well. And and happy for uh, just the career path that he, he's been on uh, in recent years. And, and appreciate him uh, jumping in on the conversation about the three-point line. And so if you happen to miss the devotional, I thought I would share that today because uh, I think it's it's just an important topic to consider and it's this idea that players in the NBA are all in on shooting threes but really they're shooting it too much because it's become such a, an emphasis and you know it, teams are building kind of their whole offense around the three and and so I saw this uh, this quote from Detroit Pistons Dwayne Casey uh, head coach he said you can go overboard. Those nights you get 45 and 50 attempts, your quality of shots is going down, and there's going to be quick possessions. It kind of dilutes the spirit of the game and the soul of the game. It's about moving the ball from side to side, not just coming down and jacking up quick threes. <laughs> so uh, it's a it's a great uh, perspective there. And so how does this translate to our own lives? Well, wh- whether it's work or or sleep, like we can go over the top or overboard on one or the other. So we can either you know work, we work all the time, then we get stressed out, it affects our health, it affects our families, or we can be so lazy and rest all the time that that's not the answer either. And then wh- when it comes to to eating or drinking or TV or social media or dare I say sports, you know, we can either choose moderation or we can go overboard. We can go over the top. 
and and it becomes such an emphasis and it can kind of take over. The three-point line or three-point shot has taken over the NBA. And in some ways it's good, some ways it's bad, but but I think there's a, a major concern there. And so in our own lives, we have to evaluate and take inventory of our own lives and consider, okay, where am I out of balance? Where where am I I, I going I'm I'm going too far and I'm participating in something too much or doing something too much or it's taking, you know, taking me over type of thing. Um, and so here are a couple of verses to consider. Uh, Psalm 127, it says, It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Uh, but then it says, Lazy people want, uh, this is in Proverbs, Lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. So we want to work hard, but we don't have to work morning till night. And so, and then we don't want to be lazy. And then uh, in Proverbs, it also says, have you found pleasure sweet like honey? Eat only as much as you need. Otherwise, being filled excessively, you vomit it. And then again in Proverbs, it warns, for the heavy drinker and the glutton will come to poverty and the drowsiness of overindulgence will clothe one with rags. So uh, so there you go. So the three-point line started as a good thing for basketball, but this season there are some concerns that it's excessively taking over. Today, let's take an inventory of our own lives and ask God to reveal anything that is out of balance, no longer being done in reasonable moderation, and taking a negative turn. Let's rely on God and His Word for self-control, a clear mind, and the discernment to know when to eliminate something or to lessen our focus on it. And so I hope you're willing to unpack that today. Thanks to Chris for joining us here on Unpacking It, and thanks to you for listening. We'll be back next week with a live show Mondays at 1030, and then Clark Kellogg is an upcoming scheduled guest as well with March Madness here. Here we go. It is March Madness time. I'm fired up about it. But I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.